When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bulletin. Well, the Bulletin this morning is uh, with uh, Courtney Tyatty, and uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Courtney on because I want to talk uh, a little bit about uh, the netball. You, of course, Courtney, good morning to you. We're uh, in South Africa uh, in a largely and a largely disappointing campaign, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but they have now come up uh, just yesterday with uh, a new squad and featuring three newcomers and Amelia Wormsley, uh, Kate Burley and uh, Paris Lokatui. So, uh, Courtney, they don't sit still for long. Uh, onward and up with you. Good morning. Yes, you're right about South Africa. Uh, was was disappointing uh, when we lost or hoping not getting into that final, but you're right. There's not much time to turn around. You know, we've got the Consolation Cup against Australia coming up, the tiny Jamison Trophy against England. So we are up against number one and two in the world. So the new squad is out. It got uh, released yesterday. I like the looks of it, and I like the looks of those newcomers and just some fresh blood in there. Uh, that's important, isn't it? And I think what the message that needs to be here is that, OK, the incumbents, uh, we haven't lost faith, but there needs to be pressure from underneath. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that we saw that at the World Cup, especially, I mean, I hate to go back there, but when Grayson Wicker went down, it's almost like we didn't have a plan B and all our game plan relied on her. And it was almost like there was no pressure, I think, down the attacking end because everyone knew that they had their spot secured and then they just had to play really. And it, I feel like when you have people who are like biting at your ankles and you have to perform... Uh, that's when you do perform under pressure. So I like that these newcomers are coming in and it's uh, showing a bit of fresh blood in there and just showing the others, hey, I'm right behind you and I'm ready to make the most of this opportunity. Courtney, are you certain in your own mind that um, Dame Knowles in her mind has a a top seven or are we ever going to see a top seven as such? Does one exist? I know it's tough. I don't, after the World Cup, because I was waiting for it to kind of evolve, like I understand in the pool games we were playing around with the seven and we didn't really have a spine. And then once we got into, I guess, the business end, it was still unsure. And I was asking Dame Knowles, like, you know, is it hard? We don't have a settled spine. And she said, we really don't, which I think is very, very tough because then how do you then build your team around it when you need to make changes? You should still have your spine that shouldn't be getting taken off the court. But as we saw, a lot of them were, or ones that I think should have been in the spine were getting taken off the court. So I feel like we don't really have a seven. I am hoping, though, because, you know, it is, uh, what, a squad of 15. I would love to see Petra Tuiava out there. I know many people uh, wanted to see her at the World Cup, and she obviously wasn't there. So I'd love to see her get this opportunity. Right, let's uh, look to and stay on the netball subject because it's, it's been very interesting to note that even success does not mean guarantees of uh, financial stability. Now, we heard about this competition. We, we knew that Australia uh, had a different type of build-up to us because they ran their domestic competition closer to the World Championships than we did. Uh, obviously, that formula paid off for them because they went on and won it quite convincingly. But now we hear, Courtney, that the future of it is uh, really up in the air because it doesn't pay. 
Yeah, I know, which is just crazy when you think about it. And then the growth of women's sport. I mean, we've seen it with uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup. And so it is hard to think that you do, especially over in Australia, like you've got the world champions and then it's all up in the air. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, because it's such a, an attractive thing financially uh, for the players, I mean, it's, a, it's not the easiest sport to make money in. And here's an opportunity as an overseas player that you can get a little bit back, I suppose, and it's probably the most lucrative. Is that fair? Yes, 100%. And, you know, it is, especially over there in Australia, you'd have to say, especially after looking at, I think, their grand final and then also when you look at the results of the World Cup, the top three teams, most of their players do play over in the Suncorp Super Netball League. And, you know, you talk to a lot of the players and it is the best competition over there. How many of our players could go over there and be successful? I'm not sure. We've got a few and it would definitely help their game. I mean, when Laura Langman went over there, you thought, could she get any better? And then she goes to Australia and she went to a whole other level. So it is, to me, I think at the moment, and we've seen it with the World Cup results, the best competition in the world. Oh, I was going to say, what would Grace be worth over there? Grace, she, I think Grace would definitely command a lot more than what she gets here. I'm not sure what she's on here, but I definitely mm. think she would be towards 100K, which is good, very good for a netballer for that period of time in your career. Yeah, absolutely, and why not? Right, okay, well, uh, whilst you're away, the Warriors didn't let you down, and now we've got the, the Dragons this week, the Dragons this weekend, and, uh, w you know, one of the big topics we're talking about here uh, is uh, uh, the playoff. Where do we go? Do, we, do they stay at uh, Go Media Mount Smart Stadium, uh, Courtney, or would they, would they be tempted with Eden Park with a greater capacity? I know, and I think they are getting tempted by Eden Park but I will say that there is nothing better than Rugby League at Mount Smart. Just on the weekend, it was, and I know you can only fit, what, 24,000 to 30,000, but the whole stadium was chanting the Warriors. And I just, I'm unsure if we could get that at Eden Park. And, you know, when you talk to the opposed teams, uh, they say, like, coming to Mount Smart, it is like a fortress again for the Warriors, and they don't like going there. And they, they actually do hear and feel that crowd. And especially when you're sitting sideline, it is so loud down there. And it really does help having that home crowd. So I just, I mean, I'm all for getting more fans to the games. But I just wonder if you can get that same atmosphere uh, if we do take it to Eden Park. But as long as we get that home final, I'm, I'm happy with anything, to be honest. Boy, the squad looks good now, doesn't it? Tamari Martin is uh, back available, and we've still got, uh, you know, the, the re-signing of uh, Adam Pompey, I think, while you're away. Um, Roger Torvastashek to come into it. Uh, that's in the future. But uh, right now, how good are you feeling about this campaign going forward? I mean, uh, hot, the hottest of favourites uh, to beat Oh, I'm um, feeling great. And it was, yeah. yeah, it was so great to seeing uh, all, all the games while I was away. I was seeing... Uh, on top of everything, and then just to come back on the weekend and just to see it, them back in person and just see what they've created this season is incredible. Talking to Andrew Webster, their head coach, uh, and what he's done this year in his uh, first year as head coach. And then this weekend, I mean, if we do win against the Dragons, we'll secure a spot in the top four. Then on the flip side, if the Dragons win, then they will avoid the wooden spoon. So, and it's hard, I think, when you're coming up against those teams who are out of finals contentions where they really do have nothing to lose. But I do have 
good faith. I mean, the Dragons, they did score quite a few points against the Storm just last week mm. in their game, but I think we will be strong enough, uh, especially at home on a Friday night, knowing that that top four spot will be locked in if we can get the win. Courtney, can anyone beat Penrith on what you're saying? Oh, God, they're good, aren't they? They are really, really good. And, I mean, they'd be tough to beat. And at the way it's looking now at the moment, say if we did uh, beat the Dragons and finish in that top, it looks like we're probably going to go to Brisbane to take on the Broncos, which, I mean, could work in our favour because ultimately if we make it all the way, we'd only really meet the Panthers in the grand final instead of one of the crossovers. Uh, so, I mean, they are looking good. And it, uh, I think they're up there at the moment, the Panthers. Tough to beat. News. News coming through this morning, which uh, raised a few eyebrows uh, around the radio station, I can tell you. Steve Hansen helping out Eddie Jones and the Wallabies. How do you run with that? Yes, I saw that. And I couldn't believe it. I thought it was like, you know, one of those joke ones. And then when I actually <laughs> did read into it, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's gone to the other side. So, I mean, you know, Eddie Jones, you would know him. Smithy, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. I guess he's just pulling, I guess, at all the big guns and getting the help where he can. So I think it, that was crazy for me to read that, actually. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope um, it's, it's not a permanent thing because uh, I rate Steve Hansen highly, but I think it's just a mate helping out a mate, which you see from time to time in sport. You mentioned it before, uh, Courtney, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it was only just like two days away that, um, that Spain became Women's World Cup football champions and, uh, it's kind of the memories of, of the experiences of it, I think, are going to live for a long time. But uh, w- from a, a women's sporting point of view, uh, for you and, and review, h- how did you, f- you see the whole exercise? Oh, it was just incredible. And I got to go and work on uh, the Football Ferns first game before I flew out to South Africa for the Netball World Cup. And it was just amazing. It brought back those memories of the Women's Rugby World Cup for me. But just to see the way that both Australia and New Zealand embraced it, because I worried once, I guess, uh, especially when the football ferns were out or when there were games where there were in Australia or New Zealand, I was like, are we going to fill these stadiums? And everyone did. Everyone got on board. You saw, I mean, even down at the cloud, I think just the other night for the final, it was they had the most uh, people there in attendance. So I think the way that everyone's got around it and supported women's sport, and I think the great thing is, you know, touch wood that they're all great role models. There's nothing controversial. They're all out there just showing what it is like to be a strong wahine as well. And you've got um, these great role models where there's, you know, it covers, I guess, the world, obviously, but for little girls around the world to look up to but also for people like me you can relate to these athletes out there you can see yourself in them you can see how hard they work uh and just i think it was just incredible and i can tell you like i did a bit of travel after the world cup but also while i was there the whole world no matter where i was everyone was embracing it everyone was talking about how amazing it was for women in sport and we've seen that uh, even the Australian government, they're going to put $200 million uh, towards women's sports. So I think the, the roll-on effect of this is going to last for a while, as well as you said, Smithy, the memories and just being there. And it was amazing being at Eden Park and seeing families going to support, but also seeing I was so, like it made my heart warm seeing there were fathers there taking not only their little girls, but their little boys you know, all out there supporting. So it wasn't just women supporting women. It was the world supporting women and embracing it all. 
I think also uh, on a social side, and um, I think it was probably the biggest eye-opener I've ever seen in sport uh, for the LGBT uh, side of life, um, you know, and uh, and I just thought to myself that probably the biggest statement on diversity and uh, women's power in sport, to be fair. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, and I think that's another big thing that came out of it. And I, I mean, there was that controversy where they weren't allowed to, I have, I think, display the flag or the colours or whatever it was, but players found their own way of doing it and everyone still supported them. You know, they had their nails painted or whatever it was, but also just bringing light to that and just everyone embracing it. And I think I read an article the other day, like Sam Kerr, who has been one of the biggest faces of the Women's World Cup, you know, she's part of that community, but also she's a woman of colour. And so for that and just what that does, I think, around the world is just incredible. And so you're actually, I think you're bang on there, Smithy, and what it's done for that community. Courtney, great to catch up with you. Pleased to hear you've had a terrific time following World of Sport uh, around the globe uh, of late. And nice to hear you home uh, safely back into the work here. So uh, cheers for your time this morning. Uh, Always look forward to talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Same here, Smithy.